Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. No, I don't support any of that. Maybe I could have been more clear of what I thought Deshaun was correct about, but I didn't feel to, I didn't feel the need to go into a conversation that me and him had about how they was treating him and Riley Cooper. I could have changed those words, but the people that know me, my Jewish friends that I talk to today, they know that the last thing I was spewing was to defend Hitler or any other post. That's why I didn't speak on Hitler or even speak on this post. Steven Jackson waiting into the issue around Deshaun Jackson, and now he's explaining and apologizing what he was doing. Deshaun Jackson has an invitation from Julian Edelman, the Patriots wide receiver who is Jewish, to visit the Holocaust Memorial Museum in D.C., and Edelman said he would go uh, to the new Smithsonian, well, relatively new Smithsonian uh, History of uh, African Americans. Correct, yeah. That's which uh, I have been to, and like most Smithsonian's, is massive and overwhelming. If you think you can block out a good chunk of an afternoon and see it, well, you can, but you can only see about 20% of it. There was a lot to see. Like most Smithsonian's, it was really well done. So, Julian Edelman trying to make something positive come out of this and uh, see if any other teammates want to join him, make a little a bigger group. It is, uh, I, have, I have not been to the Holocaust Museum, and I did do that one afternoon in the, in the, uh, the African American uh, Smithsonian right there on the mall. Uh, you take an elevator down like three stories underground, and then you walk your way up, and there are so many exhibits. If you're reading them and really trying to get through all of them. I mean, you can just kind of walk it and cursory look at it, I guess. And, but I, I was two and a half hours in, and I was in the middle of the second floor. There, there was a long way to go. And there's like five or six stories above ground. I, I don't know what's there. I never got to that part of it. So, kudos to Julian Edelman. I mean, that goes back to what PK says, right? One-on-one, form a bond, go read the stories, go see the photos, see the exhibits, and uh, try to get an idea of what somebody went through either decades or centuries before you were born, in the case of each museum. Uh, the other NBA news, the Atlanta Hawks G League affiliate, first team in the league to hire a woman general manager, promoting Tori Miller to the post. She's going to lead the College Park Skyhawks. And uh, we have talked about this, and the NBA seems to be going down this path very slowly. But why can't a woman coach at that level? Why can't a woman be a GM at that level or a, a personnel director? I mean, to actually play the game and play in the NBA, I mean, do you just have, you know, the frame and the athletic ability? Well, that that seems really unlikely. Uh, But as far as coaching, knowing the game, we've seen the Spurs with uh, Becky Hammond, and there's all kinds of stories about her being poised to be a head coach at some point, and sooner not later. So Tori Miller promoted to G League GM. As far as your Utah Jazz... Uh, No positive test for COVID-19 upon arriving in Orlando and undergoing quarantine. Uh, They've had two separate tests administered to all the staff members. The Jazz held their first practice. Magic Suns, Nets, and Wizards are uh, practicing in the bubble. And, you know, Major League Soccer and the NBA are right there together in the bubble. And you see teams in the MLS bubble saying, we're out of the tournament. 
uh, FC Dallas and Nashville have pulled out. And you wonder, well, how secure is the bubble? Those two teams came into the bubble with positive tests. You know, it's it's partly the rules of how you enter it. And then if they're still interacting it, they're passing it to guys and you know, they're going to they're going to end up with five and then six and eight, nine or ten positive tests. Teams that go in without anything, if they don't interact with anybody else. And obviously the hotel staff that lives in Florida where there's, you know, it's it's a hot zone there. Is that going to be an issue? And so far, the answer is no. We'll see how this goes going forward. We're going to talk jazz with David Locke, radio voice of the jazz at 730. Stay with us. Hashtag NFL. I think that every guy's situation is different. There could be a guy who has a a child with asthma and really just doesn't want to bring it back home or you have a pregnant wife. And I think that the one thing that I would say to that is there shouldn't be a stigma if you do choose to opt out. If there there is a legitimate reason for you to be opting out and you don't feel comfortable, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for your family, you're making the best decision for yourself and for your family. And if we ever get to the point where we're shaming people for dropping out of a sport, because they want to protect the health of their family, then then we're in a tough spot. And, of course, there uh, is the possibility or probability of shaming because otherwise J.J. Watt wouldn't have had to say that. You know, if there was zero shaming and zero talk of that behind the scenes, it wouldn't happen. Now, I will say, J.J. Watt's got a name and he's got stature, so I think him saying that I think when you ever get in a discussion like this, there's there's a small group of people who want to shame and a small group of people who are really adamant about not shaming. But probably there's a much bigger group in the middle that hasn't really thought of it one way or another. And that's why we need leaders, because some people need to be led. And maybe you don't need to be led on this issue, but you need to be led on that one over there. So I think someone like J.J. Watt speaking up, Especially if you can get a couple more stars to speak up on it. Maybe that can, you know, a star in every locker room talking to the guys about it. Maybe that can move it forward. I think he's right. You know, the, I think the, the discussion in society about healthy people need to work and then the older people just need to stay home. I, I just think that's oversimplified. You don't know who's got kidney issues or interacts with somebody who has kidney issues or is diabetic or has asthma or has one of a gazillion other immune system issues you know had uh, had pneumonia 20 years ago and has scarred lungs so you never know not not only what one person is going through but the people around them you know spouses kids uh, elderly relatives they're taking care of maybe it's a grandparent but maybe it's a great aunt or great uncle that might resonate a little more here I think we have more extended families here uh, so you never know and you just got to kind of let it slide and you may not understand why you need to wear a mask but you really need to wear a mask for the person who sits at the next desk or the next cubicle. So hopefully all that'll happen. But, you know, if it wasn't an issue, J.J. Watt wouldn't have had to say something. My guess is he's saying something because he's heard private conversations, a text message, a phone call, whatever it is. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. This decision would allow us to, one, do the right thing by our student-athletes, keep them at the forefront of all of our decisions, and make sure we create an environment to give us the best chance to play. I mean, one thing we have to to realize is that this is not a fade-out complete that we're going to have sports in the fall. Uh, We may not have sports in the fall. We may not have a college uh, football season in the Big Ten. That's Kevin Warren, and he is the new Big Ten commissioner, and that was a big old dump truck full of bad news. But 
If you say it was surprising, that's a you problem. Mark Harlan came on the air three months ago and told us we're looking at a conference only. And he told us we're looking at spring football. And he told us there is a scenario where there's no football, non-conference or conference, fall or spring. So you're looking at four levels of bad news, and the Big Ten made one of them official yesterday. And I expect all the other conferences are going to follow. I really think the dominoes are going to fall here. And nobody else wants to do it right away, but the Big 12 is assessing the situation. There's all kinds of rumors and sources about the Pac-12 is about to do it. We're going to talk to Mark Harlan at 8 o'clock. He's going to join us this morning in less than an hour. And there's all kinds of stories out of the ACC, too. And at that point, for the SEC... Oh, what are they left with? All the Power 5 games are gone. <laughs> I mean, where, where else are you going? I suppose they could play some non-conference games by scheduling Sunbelt teams that are kind of local. And I am a little surprised that that option is off the table. And the only reason I can think that it would be off the table now, and obviously this would affect BYU, because maybe they could pick up some, some local or regional games. You know, with, they have one scheduled with the Utes and... Uh, Utah State, they've got one, and could they turn that into a home-and-home? Do they play Weber State? Do they run quickly down to Arizona or Arizona State and give one of those schools a home game at some point? Because obviously BYU's going to need to fill in here in the the, uh, Big Ten. They're losing Michigan State and Minnesota. ASU's already on the schedule. They're down two games. You're right. You got me there. And if the Pac-12 says no, then ASU goes away, and Utah goes away. And Stanford. And Stanford goes away. That's five games gone. New Mexico State, hello. Really, though. Uh, Notre Dame is expected to be taken care of by the ACC, which does put them on an odd number of teams. And maybe there's an opportunity there. But we may also find out that they're only trying to play six games or they're only trying to play eight games. Maybe uh, playing 12 and fulfilling the full TV contract is a pipe dream. And maybe what you do is you just short your own network. And you take care of ESPN and Fox. So you get those big checks from ESPN and Fox. All questions for Mark Harlan at 8 o'clock this morning. Many questions. Are they even thinking about 12 anymore? Could they go to 11? If the Pac-12 goes inside the conference, could they play 11? Will the, is the Big Ten thinking about uh, playing 12 games? they got 14 teams. And do you front load the schedule with division games and divide a, decide a division champ off of that? Hey, we're only going to play five, six, seven games this year. Let's make sure all the division games get played. In the Pac-12, obviously, that would just be five games. Do they just throw out that schedule we've all been looking at? Throw it out. Play the five Pac-12 South games first if you're Utah. Is that where they're headed? And as Kevin Warren says, for all the BYU fans stressing right now, and we'll get to this because we got up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK, don't don't, don't stress too much about the schedule. You know, there's still a chance that uh, there are no games, in which case all the stress about well, what are we going to do? Do what everybody else is going to do. You're not going to play football in this year. Now, that's still a ways away. They they can still push fall to spring, but we know for sure it's going to be any better in the spring. And how many players aren't going to want to play and how late can spring go without impacting the start of the next season in the fall? Uh, not questions I'm sure they have answers to, but we'll talk with Mark Harlan about it. And as far as what they're going to do with the playoff, is that going to stay at its date? Are they going to move it back a month so there's a few more weekends to try and squeeze games in? Executive Director Bill Hancock told ESPN the group will continue to use its existing protocol to determine the top four teams in the country. He says that's why we've got 13 football experts, and their task is to pick the four best teams. Maybe that'll be obvious. Maybe it won't. We're losing big interconference games, right? There's a list of 
Depending on how you define big, there's a list of 8 to 10 to 12 Big Ten games. I mean, I think everybody's looking forward to seeing Wisconsin and Notre Dame at Lambeau Field, and now it's not going to happen, at least not this year. They can push it back and reschedule it somewhere else. Ohio State and Oregon, Washington and Michigan. I don't know what you consider Iowa, Iowa State. I'm sure in the state of Iowa, they really look forward to it. I don't know how many of us watch it, so. Big is a relative term. The governor in Iowa said that game cannot go away. So we'll see. And there is a certain amount of, hey, if you've got a long-term relationship, you can be flexible. That's what this is going to require is flexibility. It's going to require give and take. And inside a conference, you've got that. But in some of these in-state games, obviously BYU-Utah here, but a Florida-Florida State, a South Carolina-Clemson, Georgia-Georgia Tech. You know, there's relationships and there's flexibility. Texas, Texas A&M, there's no flexibility whatsoever. They loathe each other. They haven't played since A&M went to the SEC. All right, Mark Harlan, 8 o'clock. Got a lot of questions for him. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon says he doesn't want to play with piped-in crowd noise this season after hearing it for the first time this week. It's like you have two of your senses that aren't coinciding. says it's like you're looking at pizza, but you're smelling hamburger. You hear noise, but there are no people. You don't see anybody. I think it was dumb. I'd rather listen to music. I got to tell you, just play baseball. I'll live with either one. I've watched soccer with it piped in, and it's weird because they cut to a shot, and you realize there's nobody there, and it's weird, but it was fun. I kept watching it. And then there are other uh, places where they're not piping it in. Well, MLS, they're not. And you can hear guys yelling at each other. That's fine. I kind of want to hear, in the NBA, I kind of want to hear guys yell at each other. When we used to sit in the second and third row, I knew what play was coming because Jerry Sloan called it out. Now it's a little different the way they run their offense now. Um, But I knew what play was coming. I knew what to watch for because I knew what the key moments in the play were. Power! Power! Four down! Four down! I mean, I heard it a billion times. I referenced it once to Jerry. Uh, Summer League, if you really learn anything about these guys, are you still, you know, installing plays and teaching them what power and four down are? And looking at me like, oh, that's really good. I'm like, man, Jerry's got a low opinion of me. <laughs> I've heard a play called a million times and I can't recognize it. I mean, I wasn't a great high school basketball player, but I, I knew all the plays. <laughs> I didn't jump particularly well. I didn't run particularly well. I could shoot it a little bit, but I knew the plays, Jerry. When Jeff Ordestick goes running across the baseline, he's going to set a screen for Carl Malone. It's not brain surgery. <laughs> Come on, Jerry, give me a little credit. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL opens the MLS's back tournament Sunday night, 8.30 against the Colorado Rapids. In Orlando on ESPN. I ran that by Dunny on Talking Real last night. And, you know, what are you expecting? And I got back the shrug emoji. <laughs> I just think it's a huge question. And it's what Dunny got to when he finally got to being serious and stopped screwing around. Is that when teams haven't played for four months, what do you expect? And I think the most predictable sport, just like the most watchable sport, is baseball. Because hitters can take BP. And I think if... Uh, you know, if a good hitter, if John, if John Carlos Stanton gets a fastball that doesn't have a lot of movement and it's out over the plate a little bit, I think he's going to crush it over the wall because it doesn't take a lot of people interacting. But a football offense takes a lot of people interacting. A defense doesn't. I think the defenses will look pretty good. I think they will be 
to reach for one of the great cliches a little in front of the offense. You know, is this is this RSL Colorado game? Is it really going to flow or is it going to be choppy? Because when a pass is just a half step behind somebody, that's all the defense needs to recover. And the, and the counter's not on anymore. It's over. The scoring opportunity's gone. And I think we're going to see that in, in the NBA too. How crisp are these guys going to be? Just one match today. Sounders are playing the Earthquakes tonight on ESPN if you need a game at 7 o'clock. And the Utah Royals are playing their final group match. Well, stage match? I don't know. It's four games out of an 18 group. I don't know. It's preliminary a, stage. Okay, we'll go with that. 8 o'clock, Zions Bank Stadium against the Red Stars. And the Monarchs are going to play in front of fans Saturday afternoon. Correct. It's a little test run, I do believe. They're trying to manage four to 5,000 people. Monarchs don't typically have 5,000 people show up. Now we got some pent-up demand here. Maybe they will. Well, they're getting a run over at Rio Tinto uh-huh. State. Uh-huh. So we'll and all Dunny would say is, August 15, remember that date. August 15, 15, remember that date. Okay. So if we were to have MLS games in home markets on August 15, I wouldn't be surprised. And depending on how the dry run goes Saturday afternoon, I think the Monarchs game is at 2 o'clock. Depending on how that dry run goes, if there are a few thousand people now with I don't know how many people are going to show, and I don't know if they're going to be comfortable enough to say, hey, we can add 500 more, or that was a little too much, let's take away 1,000. You know, they'll, they've will they got wiggle room to do whatever they want based on how the experience goes. But i got to believe on some level, when you hear these things, they're thinking about putting some fans in MLS stadiums and in Rio Tinto Stadium at some point. Maybe not for the first game. Maybe they'll try to do a couple games before they do games with fans. But MLS... TV ratings aren't as good. A disproportionate share of the income comes at the gate from ticket sales. Versus, I mean, obviously the NBA and the NFL are making a lot of money in ticket sales, but they've also got this massive TV revenue stream. You know, in baseball and basketball, they've got the local plus the national. And MLS doesn't have anything like that. So the, the tickets become more important and figuring out how to put three, four, five thousand 5,000 people in the stadium becomes more important too. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. And a 1, 295, 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, is coming up next. Mark Harlan at 8 o'clock. BYU fans, you've lost two games with the Big Ten. You might lose three more with the Pac-12. There's a Missouri SEC game looming out there. Plans, options, emotions, feelings. Possibly therapy session. I don't know. Hit us up on uh, Facebook, DJ and PK. Already some of you commenting there. I'll put it up on Twitter, David DJ James. We'll get to that in the 8 o'clock hour. Gordon Monson is going to join us later this morning, too. So stay with us.